Hello, and welcome to HR Unplugged. In today's episode, Anita Grantham, Bamboo HR Head of HR, special guest Jennifer Decker, Director of HR at Donaldson, and Vanessa Brulot, Bamboo HR Human Resource Business Partner, discuss how HR leaders can improve the employee experience, increasing engagement, morale, and wellness. In this episode, you'll learn pro tips for employee engagement, best practices for boosting employee morale, and easy ways to support employee wellness. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Let's get into this. We've got a lot of great things. We have an excellent guest, Jennifer Decker. I'm so excited that she's here with us today. We are planning so much goodness for you all today. Um, And before we jump in, we can't not share with you that HR Virtual Summit is coming up. It's coming up November 2nd, right around the corner. I'm filming my segment on Thursday. So come in and join us 8 to 1.30. You get credits, recertification credits, a lot of speakers. It's going to be amazing. It always is. So please, please join us for that. Let's put up the icebreaker poll while I go through our introduction. Our icebreaker poll today is, do you have an employee engagement strategy? It's real simple, yes or no, because we like to get a sense of where you all are. So we customize our discussion today. So if you don't know or you want to tell us in the chat, you can do that. But go ahead and jump into the poll while I welcome you to episode 32, where we're really going to focus on how all of us can improve the employee experience, increasing engagement, morale, and wellness. We invite you to visit us at hrunplugged.com. Please subscribe to our series. You can view the latest episodes in your favorite on-demand podcast format. Please subscribe. Please leave us a review because we customize all of our content and invite our awesome speakers based on the feedback that you give to all of us. But most importantly, in the third column here on the right, you need to join our Bamboo HR Slack community. HR heroes, you know, you're all heroes in my book. And you might have a question one day and you can jump into the Slack channel ask any question, ask for any template, ask for anything that you need, and you're going to get a response. We have an exciting guest for our episode of HR Unplugged today. I'd like to welcome Jennifer Decker. She's the Director of HR and Senior Client Services Manager at Donaldson Capital Management. Welcome, Jennifer. We are so excited you're here. Tell us a little bit about yourself so the audience can get to know you. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. I I feel honored to be able to spend this hour with you and everyone who has logged in to listen as well. Just a human helping other humans do the thing that we spend most of our time doing, which is working and finding impact and purpose and joy in the work that we do. And how that looks each day is different and how we talk about it is different. It all depends on the person, where they are, and thoughtful consideration about the job that they're doing and the needs that they have. Well, we're so happy to have you join us today, Jennifer. I really enjoyed our prep call for today's discussion, and I know you have a lot of insights to share with our audience. So let's get started. I wanted to start out today with a quick discussion on employee happiness. We have some really great data from Bamboo HR's recently released Employee Happiness Index Report. I'd love to hear some of the findings from that. Can you share, Anita? 
I sure can. And I just wanted to call your attention over to the public chat where Brenda so kindly posted the poll results. Uh, 61% of our audience today said no. We do not have an employee engagement strategy, 30% yes, and 7% said I don't know, 7.47 aren't sure. So this is great. We're going to jump in and, and talk to you. How do we build an effective employee relations, employee relations, oh my goodness, employee engagement strategy so that we can um, get everybody focused on things that will improve our overall performance in our business. Because this is what's super interesting. We just shipped out this report. You can see it on my LinkedIn. You can Google it and get it out of um, the Bamboo HR website. But team members are unhappier than ever. And I read this data and it made me really, really sad because I think all of us as people professionals, to Jen's point of we're here to improve everybody's life through the work that we do, yet it seems to not be working. Our EMPS scores have steadily declined since January 2020. And in, in the, just the last year, overall EMPS fell 11% from June 2022 to June 2023, deteriorating at a rate of nearly 15 times faster than the previous two years combined. And I don't know, I've just been really um, you know, staggered by this data because I feel that we've invested more into our human experience, whether it's intentional or not, since 2020. So it's just been super interesting that happiness is worse now than it was during COVID. I mean, that's just a big mind blow for me. The new report suggests that the end of the great resignation is signaling perhaps something we're terming the great bloom. Options for better jobs are dwindling. Remote work is sputtering in many industries as people are requiring people to come back to the office. Record level inflation is impacting pay for many team members. Like even if you get a raise, it doesn't matter because I'm still getting two bags of groceries instead of four at the store for the same price. And specifically, um, industries that we all really depend on are really suffering, specifically around healthcare. Technology isn't surprising really to me, um, but construction is the happiest industry. So maybe we need to get back to building with our hands um, because they have they have stability. They've seen increased wages they get to see their work come to life. So, you know, I'm curious, Jen, what have you seen? Well, I would, I would first say when you hear all of that, it can feel extremely overwhelming. And my comment is, don't panic, don't panic. Everything is different and change is hard. And as you pointed out during COVID, that was a huge shift. And I would say that Humans came together, people came together in a way that we have never seen, supporting one another, intentionally reaching out and touching base. And when you have such an exponential change and shift, it's hard to sustain. Consistency will outbeat any intensity in the long term. And so it can feel like a loss, but when you look at it, we haven't lost as much. Things are still changing, and this is change management on a world level. And so it's going to take time. But if we step back and look at the problem as a whole and break it down into little pieces and get back to keeping it simple, how can we connect with people? How can we build trust? How can we get to know them? everything else will follow. And I think it's just giving yourself a moment to take a breath, being patient with yourself, 
and with everyone else and understanding that uncertainty can feel really uncomfortable, but we have as a society and as humans gone through so much and shifted so much, we will shift. We will change. It just takes a little time. I love that advice, Jennifer, because it's just, just take a breath. Don't panic. <laughs> and I see Anita putting the, the chat of breathing live now. <laughs> Anita, how, how do you think the economy is impacting employee happiness? I know we've seen a pretty rocky year economically. Is there a connection? Like I know we've been kind of pointing to that, but do you have anything to add there? Look, I agree with what Jennifer has said. It's really a mindset. There's always going to be stability in the broader world economic system. We're in a uh, phase of that right now. And look, real wealth is made in a bear market. I was just talking to an investment banker. We just saw Berkshire Hathaway, you know, Warren Buffett, for those of you that follow, he just sold a boatload of his holdings. So freeing up cash, freeing up cash to make investments is, you know, a way that you can take control of what you're doing. Um, also focusing your business on what you can control. Like what Jen said, how can you go win? How can you go dominate? Can you make, um, be acquisitive and buy one of your competitors right now? Can you make some safe bets that would help better progress your business? I mean, we get it. People are struggling financially for sure. And so as you're looking at your own financial situation, what are the, some things that you can do to simplify you know, and get back. And if you want to make more money, that question always comes down to what more value can you create? So get out there, start talking to your industry, start figuring it out because HR is gaining in its ability to earn more than it ever has before. 2020 was the gift to our own industry where we're making more as professionals than ever before. So I think it's about having that conversation and being at places that really value strategic people leadership. Well, why should businesses be looking to HR to help with employee unhappiness? Jennifer, let's start with you on that. Well, HR says it all. It's human relationships and engagement. If we think about the definition of engagement, it's agreeing to do something and go somewhere. And employee engagement is how do we feel about the place that we're going, work, the thing that we're doing, our job. And so HR is pivotal in bridging the gap to almost like the anthrop anthropology person who comes in, understands the culture, and helps bridge the gap between communications and expectations. Mm -hmm. And they are the thermometer for the pulse of the system that you're in. And so... We are being proactive in understanding change that's coming and helping our people to get ready for it, get ready for success, but also get ready for some losses and some challenges. And we are also helping management to understand their people and the culture here. And, and that's what drives everything. It drives it for our company. Culture drives decisions and it drives the decisions that you make either directly or indirectly. And so when everyone under your umbrella is driven by those values and they feel connected, whether you are in a place of 
killing it and you are succeeding and everything seems to be happening the way you planned or when you have to reevaluate and shift and say, hey, we missed the mark here, that happens, you reframe, how do we get better? You become very sticky to your employees who will stay with you through thick and thin because HR has said, first and foremost, we care about you. Secondly, we appreciate you. Thirdly, we're going to make sure that you know that through the benefits that we give, the compensation you get, the recognition and respect. They bring all of those elements together at different times. And as Anita pointed out, during COVID, we became pivotal. We were the people who were just driving everything. And you could tell because we were exhausted. It, It became evident that it is service work, servant leadership, putting others before yourself, thinking of them first. And all of these people I've logged in have been there when they are exhausted and also exhilarated with the work that they do. I love that. And thanks, Anita, for putting into the chat about the happiness equation. And I I see, uh, and sorry if I mess up your name, Serene asked or said, interesting, what are the variables in the happiness equation? And Anita, I know that you responded, but anything you want to add right there? Yeah, everything that Jen just outlined is really gold. And if you have an expectation, somebody is either going to overperform or underperform that expectation. Usually what we experience in life is underperformance of that expectation because we aren't explicit about what we think that outcome should be personally and professionally, right? I love this conversation because it's like, oh, you know, it's like, what is, you know, our anniversary just passed what did you do for your 15 year wedding anniversary? And I'm like, oh, I forgot that it was happening, right? If my husband had a big expectation that I was going to remember, he'd be sorely disappointed. So if he wants me to win in that, he might say, hey, it's our 15 year anniversary. What do we want to do to be intentional about celebrating this time that we've had together before? Taking control of what you want as the outcome and not leaving it up to your partner to fail. Um, You know, same in your team. If you're expecting, if I'm expecting Jen to show up and say something in this podcast, we got an hour of prep time together live. And that would be the time where I'd say, hey, Jen, it would really be great if you could focus on these three things, right? And then that way I guarantee that my expectations are set up for success with where Jennifer's coming to deliver. And if that doesn't happen, then I'm going to go back and say, hey, who was I? What did I do to make what I thought needed to happen in this podcast unclear? What was it that I didn't do to help you set up for success? And then Jen and I can have a conversation about it. But as so many times, they're just unsaid expectations and then everybody loses. It's not mean, it's clear. And I am quoting Kim Scott from Radical Candor. When you can't be clear and concise about what you need and what you want in all relationships, that's when we start filling in the story from our perspective. And depending if I haven't gotten enough sleep, if I feel sick, if I'm hungry, who knows what all of those external factors that can happen. And it's getting better when, and it starts with trust. When you have trust and you care about someone and you know, they care about you, you want them to tell you what your blind spots are. What did I miss? What was I not thinking of? And if you think about really sort of the Socratic method Challenge me. Tell me where I'm wrong, because our job is to make everyone in the company 
thrive and find their potential and unleash that potential. And we cannot do that without everyone helping us and filling in the areas where we may have missed. Really great life advice right there. (laughs) Well, I'm pivoting back. uh, Anita, any additional thoughts on why businesses should be looking to HR to help with employee unhappiness? Look, I struggle with this a little bit because I don't think anybody is in control of my happiness. I am in control of my happiness. I am in control of of those things. Like it's up to me to show up and choose whether I'm going to be happy, unhappy, offended or unoffended, you know, all, all of the things. What I think HR can do, I love this, happiness is an inside job, 100%, Toma. And so part of it, though, is the recognition of that. What is the role that we are here to play? I believe our role is to provide the frameworks and the systems and the processes for leaders to show up and be their best. If we're doing that and we're also hiring and training and firing to our values, I'm going to show off these new babies, right? They keep getting better and better, you know, being really clear on our values and we're hiring, training and firing to the values effectively and giving people an opportunity to rise to the equation. Because y'all know on a good day, I'm about 70% hit rate on these things. Like it's tough to, it's tough to hold myself to these values all the time. But I count on Jen and Vanessa to help me see the blind spots, like Jen said, right? So those are the things that we're doing. We're holding up the mirror. We're showing up the blind spots. We're driving towards consistency. But we have to be the demonstration of that, right? Was your team first to getting their reviews done with your own team? Or is your team committed to being the best at demonstrating the values? Is you, your team engaged? And like what we talked about in the pre-call is how engaged are you, each one of you? right? On a scale of one to five from complete total engagement to one, not engaged at all, where are you? Because I'll guarantee you, your team and those around you are following suit. Yeah, I agree. You have to, you have to think about being detached, putting your ego aside, because then you get tunnel vision. Then when you get emotional or you get stressed, everything like a new, I think about people who first start to drive and all they can see is the car in front of them and you don't see the squirrel or the child with the ball or all the other cars. And as you get more comfortable, your your vision expands. And that's where HR can come in to Anita's point is we're setting up all these systems. Our job is to have a toolbox that is never ending, like Mary Poppins bag, where she is pulling out anything that is needed at that time. Who are you? How do I meet you where you are? How do I give you the tools and resources to feel comfortable, to communicate in a place that is comfortable for you? And then you find our job is to help people not copy what we do, but find their authentic self. And then once they have that, that connection is organic with their teams. And you get the comfort of to Anita's point, not always being 100%. We cannot sustain that level of intensity. It is not scalable. And that's the beauty of teams. That's the beauty of finding people who are great at the thing you know you're not great at. And then that recognition and respect, hey, I'm not the person who's the guru on this. You got to talk to Mike Taylor. He's the one who deals with the platform or you got to talk to Vanessa or Anita. They're the ones who do this. 
And in those everyday intentional moves, that thought of abundance, there is more than enough for all of us. And I am detached. This is about you and what you need. How can I help you? I love that. And, and as we're, we're going through this, there's some fun interactions in the chat of sharing ideas for, for engagement and happiness at work. Kelly Pierce, I just want to highlight what you put. We just hosted a, a happiness at work week to remind our team members that happiness is created by a mindset every day. And a lot of people wanted to know how. And so Kelly responded with, we started each day with a motivational quote recommended podcasts, books, and apps that discuss happiness at work. We also encourage managers to start all meetings with expressions of gratitude and recognitions. Love that. Those are great ideas. And, and I think, too, we want to be very thoughtful about allowing people to have the psychological safety to not be okay. Because yeah. you can't experience happiness without no happiness. They, they go together and, and it's not the Truman Show, if anyone remembers that, where after a while, we want rain. There is some beauty in every emotion that we have. And that's where HR is paramount. They come in and they can be with people in their space, meet them where they are, not try to shift them out, but give them the room to say, this is frustrating. You're right, it is frustrating. I have no control. I get it. I hear you. And then allow them to feel it. And many times, the minute you recognize it and you label it, it becomes less powerful. And then I, there have been numerous times where someone comes into my office in a certain mindset. I just say to them, what do you need from me? Are you looking for advice? Do you want me to solve your problem? Or do you just need me to listen? And sometimes it's just, I just need to be here. And when you give them that time and you can handle it with them, that is connection. It is not always words and, and talking and sharing. It's being with someone when they're not okay. And it's, Anita showed this in our pre-work. It, it, it's saying, I'm not good right now. This is, this is not a great place for me to be. And it, I get that from conscientious leadership group. I love them. They talk about being above, at the line and below the line you know, locate yourself, where are you? And then lead by example. I'm not in a good place right now. We need to shift this meeting. And then you've not only helped people to move on, but you've given them permission to say, oh my gosh, I don't have to fake it. I don't have to have this toxic positivity where, yeah, we're all happy. You know, sometimes we're not, we're frustrated. How can I help you work through that? That's our job. Love that. That merges really great into our next section of best practices for improving employee morale. It's clear that employees need a happiness boost. Let's say our listeners go back to their companies and do an ENPS survey and assess their employee happiness. Now what? What do you recommend they do to improve employee morale? Anita? Well, I love everything that Jenna's talked about. There's a lot of great things happening in the chat. I mean, I think part of it is acknowledging that it doesn't have to be perfect all the time. It doesn't have to be happy all the time. Like if you take one thing away, it's Jed's wise words about it's okay to not be okay and to create space for that. So you can feel safe. You can feel included no matter how you are. I think a big thing, and this is a big, it's a big chat happening right now on my LinkedIn feed around uh, the topic of onboarding and how critical onboarding is and starting right and staying right. And helping new hires feel really welcome. I think you can do this from the start of the journey 
And if you go through the thread, I think it's like required reading for anyone in our space to read this thread. And there are some things in there that are heartwarming and there's things in there that are heartbreaking about how people are getting started in their organizations. And so I think that's the first thing, right? Because you've sold something, you may or may not have delivered on it. How do you close the gap on that and get somebody engaged and willing to stay? If they don't start right, they're going to be, um, you know, upset from the very beginning. And then recognizing and rewarding great work, right? Acknowledging what's going well. And like Jen said, if it was crappy, acknowledge that it was crappy, right? I got feedback from our product team in our last all hands. They said, hey, we really like the talent review, but it took a lot of time. And I said, you're right. I felt that way too. Like that was just the fact of the matter. It took a lot of time. And it doesn't mean they don't want to spend time talking with or working on their team members. They do. But it's like, what do we need to do with the process? How can we do it, especially if we're doing it twice a year? So like honoring what it is, I feel like sometimes if we and um, these people teams get defensive about our own people systems, that doesn't bode well. People won't give us feedback. They won't feel like we're open. So I think listening to feedback, making connections that are more than just being at work. We had a great conversation on our prep call just about saying good morning. Like I'm really bad at this on Slack, right? I just bounce off these Slacks of like, hey, do you have this? Hey, do you have this? And I think the hey or the high is enough. But like just saying, hey, good morning. How is your weekend? How's your day going? Have some conversation like you would do because you wouldn't walk up to somebody's desk and be like, hey, where's that report? You'd be like, oh, wow, I like the picture on your desk or tell me about your holiday or whatever it was. Bring the human back. I'm sorry, Vanessa. Oh, no, no, you go, you go. <laughs> I, I want to share with you something that I just experienced. I want to tell you a story. I, I walked in and we're going through a large transition within our company, but also externally. And you prepare as much as possible, right? You prepare for the worst, you hope for the best. And somewhere in between, you know what's going to happen. But with all the prep work, you're you're never quite ready. And so one of the things that walked out and said, hey, how's everything going? And really, after I said it, I knew the question was not great because I could see it. And so I said, you know what? Wow, that was so rude. I can feel it seems like things are kind of crappy. Everyone's feeling bad. Yes. Yes, we are. OK, what can we do? How do we get it out? Let's talk about it. And being very thoughtful about not being negative, but one, some of the feedback I got was, you know, you come out and you want to help, right? You want to problem solve. What can I do for you? And I loved that this individual manager said, you know, well, we appreciate you coming out and saying, how can I help you? When you are in the throes of stress, that just adds more stress on top of it because you know you can't. So it kind of feels empty. And I thought, oh my gosh, you. Like I was thinking about me. I had to relieve mine because I knew that they were stressed and I felt that for them and it made me feel bad. I couldn't fix it for them. And so I went out there, you know, ego and let me fix this for you. And so I said, you're, you're absolutely right. How, how can I be better for you? What can I do? Hey, maybe ask for help when things are going well. Ask what you can do then. And I thought, thank you. And, and that's, that's it. It's that simple. That's employee engagement. Where did I miss? I'm sorry. How can I shift? What can I do? And then getting that feedback. And I think it becomes overwhelming. 
There are a lot of ways you can say it. There's a lot of content out there. We can feel like, what, 62% or 61%? I have no plan. You know what? You, you are it. If everybody took away all the technology and said, find someone, how do you build that trust? You would turn around and say, so, who are you? Tell me about yourself. What's going on with you? Um, what, what bothers you? What do you love about your job? What keeps you up at night? What are you obsessed with? I mean, there are so many different ways, but it just starts there. And to Anita's point, it's the everyday small interactions, these little trust building care, care-centered connections that build that employee experience. And before you know it, it is being done and it is being done by you. And then people, it's like, pay it forward. That felt so good. I'm going to turn around my colleague. Hey, how are you doing? What's going on with you? And so it's just something that slowly builds like a snowball. And before you get it, it is rolling. One well, and it's interesting because when you're in the in office environment, it's easy to just walk by and and start talking about Star Wars, mm-hmm. and you know finding connections there. And or have you have you watched the recent episode? And and in the virtual world, it's a little bit harder, and you you can miss those personal connections if you're not intentional about it. And one of the things that's helped me in some of the relationships that work for me is just hopping on a quick huddle in Slack. If you have Slack, you can just click huddle or say, hey, let's chat for 15 minutes, but not sometimes we overcomplicate it and think, oh, my gosh, I have to really schedule this out. I've got to set up a 30 minute meeting. No, just say, you know, hey, do you want a quick huddle and see how they're doing? Like what you said, asking those questions, getting to know people and creating those those uh, connections. But you have to be intentional because if you're not, you're going to miss out on those. And and uh, the other thing I was thinking about, too, is just a- acknowledging when people speak up is really important because that's part of creating that inclusive environment. That's that psychological safety you were talking about earlier. And and just saying, like, thanks for sharing. Good job. Thanks for speaking up. Because if you think about the one person, let's say that you're with a group of 10 people, you acknowledge everybody else, respond to everybody else's comments, but there's the one person that there's no acknowledgement at all. How do you think that person's going to feel? They're going to feel left out. They're going to feel excluded and not seen. It's as simple as that. Just say, hey, thank you so much for sharing. If you don't have a response to it, at least say that. And I don't know, Jennifer, if you have anything to add on to that. You know, I, I think you said it well. And I would say this, we're talking about work remote, right? Should we, should we not? People getting called back in. But For every challenge and obstacle, in my way, I find it uh, an opportunity. And so there might be many reasons for work remote, but we killed it during COVID and we were all at home. Most people after a while were all disconnected. So you said the words, it is intent, mindful intent. I'm reaching out, I'm touching base, It could be a picture. It could be a card. I am very much a card person. I love handwritten cards. I send them to everyone. I send them to clients. I send them as thank yous of people that I just met because it means something. Thoughtfulness will never go unappreciated. Even to the hardest person you might think is a curmudgeon, 
I think about the old Christmas stories, right, where Santa came and he melted everyone's heart. Everyone wants to be cared for. This is a universal truth. It is cross-cultural. We want somebody to say, I was thinking about you this weekend. I was thinking about you. This reminded me of you. That makes us feel good. And when we feel good and we know that someone cares about us, we will sustain through ups and downs, through challenges, and we feel connected to people in a much broader way. And that brings up employee engagement. And for and that's the two things I love about Bamboo is the net promoter score and the well-being employee happiness. I'm not looking for happiness. I'm looking for reality. I'm not judging it. I just want to be curious. And so those expectations are not there for me. I don't expect you to be something. I want to know who are you? How are you? And I want you to be able to share that. And those tools give us such great insight because to Vanessa's point, some people will not talk face to face. And our job with Bamboo and all the other things that we do is to give everyone, managers, uh, C-suite executives and starting people a platform and a way that they can communicate that they feel comfortable with. I love that. Well, and it, and it should be leaders. This is great advice for leadership and not just think about your own teams, but think about what other employees in the company can I reach out to and say, hey, I'm just thinking about you creating those connections um, because that is a whole extra level of, of thoughtfulness as well. Well, moving on to our, our next section, um, pro tips for employee engagement, which I know we've gotten a lot of content through already. This is so exciting. It's such a fun conversation. With all these tips of improve, improving employee morale, I really want to talk about how we can apply the same kind of focus to improving employee engagement. What actions do you suggest HR leaders take to improve employee engagement? Jennifer, let's start with you on this one. One of the things I love uh, about Bamboo are the goals that are in there and that managers and employees can talk through it. So engagement to me is agency. Do I have autonomy in a certain space and do I understand what that is? Is someone listening to me? Do they understand who I am and do they understand where I want to go within the firm or the company or in my career? Or And sometimes it's just being okay, pausing and and not doing anything. It's just learning my job and, and doing what I'm asked to do at a level of excellence. And so these tips for engagement is helping people to connect and understand what people need. How do we do that? We do that through communication, whether it's Slack, whether it's Teams, whether it's picking up a phone, whether it's face-to-face but the intent has to be there. And then it's not just talking to or at people, it's asking great questions. It's all about the questions that you ask and it's helping people with the questions, especially these open-ended questions and we keep digging in. Tell me more about that. What does that look like to you? Because words matter and what we think in our head, we as HR professionals are trying to get someone to communicate that to us so then we can help them find their potential and thrive within the company. And these things matter not just within the job that you have, but outside as well. And so you're bridging a lot of 
external and internal relationships and emotions to help people know you are here for them. And that's really what it comes down to. I'm here for you. Tell me what you need. How can I help you? How can I serve you? Anita, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I just want to double down on everything that Jennifer just articulated. And the biggest thing I want everybody to know is that you don't have to have a program, right? You just have to have leaders who care about one another. And I know we've been talking about, you know, checking in with people. And one way you can check in is create an, an environment where somebody can say, hey, I don't want to have to talk with you about my personal life. I just had a teammate share that with me. And she said, hey, you always ask me what's going on and all that. And I just want to get down and do work with you. Can we just do work? And I said, yes, yes, we can. And I love that you said that. And so please, let's do that. Like that is gold. And honoring what people ask for and just and just doing what they ask um, and not judging it. I, Jennifer said that earlier, like it's a no judgment zone. Um, we are judgment free. Just tell me how I can work best with you and what matters to you. And that's what engaged leadership looks like. Like, I love it when people are like, we need an engagement program. I don't know what that means. I think that's why the majority of you are like, I don't think I have one. I don't think I have one either. I have other things that are really targeted, but an actual engagement program, I don't, I don't know what that is. And so pick the things that matter most to the population that you're working in, working towards your mission, working on your values, working on serving your customer, and focus on one of those two things that you can do to deliver that. Um, you know, invest in your team members if, if personal development is important to them. We just did a survey and the number one benefit that they wanted was more time off, mm -hmm. right? So we're going to look at how do we reallocate co costs to get more time off? That's what matters. I'm not assuming that it's professional development. I'm using data to do that. Recognition is always a big thing. And again, it doesn't have to be a program. We have a lot of good feedback in the chat about cards and touch bases and ways to give thanks. And, and do it and check by using the tools that you have. It can be a Google sheet on what is the feedback you have, what's working for you, what's not, and not taking it personally, just say, hey, this is what's happening in my population. This is what I'm going to go work on. Hit it as well is ask the question. We can read, there is so much content out there, surveys, data, and we have data for everything. What is happening in your space? It might give you some insight. And that's, I love to read articles and not just about HR. I am a proponent of multidisciplinary learning. You look at science, you look at math, you look at philosophy, you read fiction, nonfiction. All of these are ways to improve our tools that we are using to help people. But it's asking the question, don't make assumptions, ask questions, understand where you are, use tools to help you understand the system for people who don't want to just come out and say it and then accept what they say. Like Anita, thank you. You just told me how to communicate with you. And that person went home. You didn't push like, well, I want to know you because then that's about you. They said, this is how I want to interact. And you said, I respect that. Let's go. And then when you do all of that, really helping people to thrive, these high performance teams to get your strategy, to think about your vision and your mission and your ROI, this is when challenging is, is expected. I don't want you to just tell me everything's great. 
for me, tell me what, how I can get better. We have this relationship and that's where everything really comes together. You have the care, you have the concern, and now you have challenging. What do I need to do? You're my friend, you're my colleagues, you're the trusted people on my team. Let me know what I'm doing because I want to be better for me, for you, for the company, and more importantly, for your clients and customers. There's been some very interesting back and forth about stay interviews, exit interviews. How do you utilize the data from exit interviews? And I think kind of the theme here, and I'd love any advice that y'all may have for the audience is how do you make sure you use that data, but implement to make sure that you create change, create that psychological safety if that's needed? Any advice there? I would say... You have to look for patterns. So you always have one-offs. And I, I think about the financial industry, right? And there are outliers and you have management styles, but then you have individuals. There are so many external and internal factors. And so when you have a pulse on what's happening, I would say if you're surprised by anything, that's a time for self-reflection. What did I miss? There are always red flags. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I I hope I'm not the only one who said, oh my gosh, how did I miss that? What was I engrossed in here? Um, how can I help other people empower them to see things that are happening? And it's just looking for patterns and understanding, yes, there might be outliers. Some people won't tell you why they're leaving. You can make a lot of assumptions and sometimes people leave. Just like in our lives, they have gone through their career and they want something different. And in that way, when anyone leaves our company, we wish you well. We hope you get what you're looking for. We support you and please keep in touch. It's the same with new hires. We constantly come back when they say, how was onboarding? Three days, everyone asks them, what have you seen? You are a perspective that has come into this company that you will never have again. Once you are here for years, we need it. And so when they try to give me something great, I say, great, I need three things that you would improve. I'm not sure. You'll come back to me. I know you have it. And so it's encouraging them. We want it. We're not just talking. We have to put our actions and what we do behind what we say. That is so important. I love that. Well, thank you both for your your comments in this in this section. I really like everything that you've said, and it really solidifies this idea as well that I want to just make sure I point out that was talked about earlier is if you're moving from an individual contributor role to a management role, some people leaders deprioritize the people management side, which is a mistake. It's really important to shift the language uh, as you referred back to earlier, Jennifer, and in the mindset change of that you get to, you're not, you don't have to manage people. You have people's, people's careers in your hands. And when you make them a priority, you get to see how much that impacts their wellness and their productivity. So I wanted to kind of wrap that, that up, that little burrito of awesomeness and move on to our last section here. I know Anita and Jennifer, you both have points on here. So uh, Anita, let's start with you. Let's focus for a few minutes on improving employee wellness. I know there's been some research done that connects employee recognition and well-being. Anything you want to share there, Anita? Yeah, the reason why we put this in here is because we know when you're well, you're going to be more engaged. When you feel good, 
um, in general in your body and mind, then you're going to feel happier and better in the work that you're doing. So that's why wellness is directly correlated to this. There's a lot of great research out there. Gallup, Work Human, the Huberman Lab is one of my favorites that talks about access to sunlight, outside exercise or walking, meaningful relationships and meaningful work can all improve your wellness. And then there's a lot of other things that you can do about making sure you're setting boundaries and you're doing work that you're really passionate about. You know, on this podcast, we believe that life is too short to do anything that you're not passionate about. And so if you're not feeling like the work is something that you can be committed to, let's go help you find something that you can be. Let's keep exploring. Let's keep going and finding it. If you're working for a leader that doesn't ask you to be better, that you are passionate about seeing every day, let's go find somebody that can do there's lots of great work out there, lots of people all in this in this environment, on this show, in our HR heroes that want to help you. Ask out and reach for help and we will get behind you in it. You know, I think that's where recognition comes in and acknowledging what's working. And a lot of research has also found that when employees have thriving well-being and are experienced positive recognition, they're more likely to be a top performer. So I think making sure that you're tying all of that together can be a great way to tie wellness, benefits, engagement. There's a lot of talk in the chat around PTO and time off. You've got to go back and recharge. We were just talking about our batteries full. Are we recharged? Are we fully green at 100%? And as leaders, especially when we're giving to others so frequently, we have to stay fully charged. Jennifer, what ways can we improve employee wellness? I would piggyback on what Anita said. When we think about employee wellness, we, we're coming to work and we're putting our all in there. And I think many people don't think about it like a coach with a team and we, we want to get better. So getting enough sleep, you know, taking opportunities. And this is why the employee connection is so important and caring because taking the opportunities to say, hey, you seem stressed, things are happening. I'd love to give you a subscription to Headspace. Try some meditation. Hey, uh, give card to some yoga classes. We have brought yoga people in here. We have brought uh, massage therapists in here. What can we do? Let's do some walking meetings. Let's when people are studying for some certifications that might be hard, we talk about Dr. Huberman getting the light in your eyes. We also understand how important exercise is in priming your brain for learning. Don't expend yourself longer than an hour and a half. Then you have to take time. This allows your brain to move what it's learned from short-term into long-term. And so science, neuroscience, and, and physical wellness and getting your sleep these are all areas that HR can leverage to help their people, depending on where they are. And in that way, I think about it the same way. We are high performance coaches. Everyone loves when you work hard and you succeed or you have hit that goal, right? And you are primed. Adrenaline is running. People are ready to go and they want more. And so we are here to help them take on more, but also to remind them, hey, even your phone needs to be plugged back in. It's important for your brain, for your body, that you rest and renew, you bring your best self here, and then we start all over again. 
Well, Bamboo HR, we have something called the Bamboo Love Budget for our people leaders. And the budget's used in ways that can help an employee through a tough time, like sending flowers, cookies, or a goodie basket, for just as an example. It's a good way to, to help that employee wellness because it is a tough time. And you, any additional thoughts on how we can improve employee wellness? You know, I think part of it is feel how people can connect to the mission of the business. I believe that's a fundamental need that humans want to be committed to something bigger. So make sure that you're figuring out ways to connect back to the mission. Be sure as a leader, you're taking a break. Jennifer talked about this. Vanessa talked about this. If you need a break, take it. If you don't feel like you can be your best, demonstrate that behavior of like, hey, I'm not at my best right now. I need to take 10 and I'll reschedule this call with you. Um, you have to be able to model it. If you're taking sick days, your team will take sick days, right? If you, like Jennifer said, if you need to get outside, do that. Um, an unhappy people team or HR team will create an happy organization. I'm convinced of it. So I think it's really important that you focus and put the mask on yourself first and take care of what you need to take care of um, and, and really continue to be dedicated to your own health and well-being as a model for the organization. Yeah, I agree. It's focusing on what's essential. And that means really putting to the test the things on your list, your priorities. Is it pulling you in the right direction or is it distracting you? Notice it starts with self-awareness and be okay saying no. You don't have to do it all and you cannot do it all. That's when burnout comes and that's when you have other problems you're dealing with. So to Anita's point, you're okay saying no, focus, get everyone focused on a common goal, your vision, your mission, your strategic plan, whatever it is that is driving the company. And people appreciate having one, two, maybe three things that they're going for, but then giving everyone the autonomy and the individuality to come at it in their own way, but we're all headed to the same place and be explicitly clear what that place is, what, where we're going, what time we're going to be there and how we're going to get there. Love that. Well, thank you, Anita and Jennifer. This was such a great discussion. Before we wrap up, I wanted to just answer, we probably have a few minutes just to answer maybe one, maybe two questions in the Q&A. We've got a lot of great questions. And just remember, if there's anything you want to continue with the discussion, because I've heard a lot of people saying, oh my goodness, I need to re-listen to this because I've just involved myself in the channel, like the, the chats, uh, that's okay because this will be recorded. Um, but continue the conversation to the HR Hero Slack channel. Uh, but I wanted to, to share one of the questions, hopefully I do this right. What's your suggestion if the common negative themes from exit interviews are related to the way the business is run? Yeah, I can take this one. So I put this in the chat. You've got to let the data do the storytelling. Remember, we're a judgment-free zone. We are a representation of the data. So if you're seeing negative themes come through to the way the business is run, you're saying, hey, out of the last you know 20 people that we've lost, 18% of them have said that it's our failure to execute on our go-to-market strategy is why they wanted to leave. They didn't have confidence in our motion and they felt like they could sell products better somewhere else. Like I'm making this up, right? And so you're saying it without a tone of judgment. You're just saying, hey, this is what's happening in the exit interview. Like, do we see this as a possibility? Are we open to looking at it and leverage the data to tell the story? It's probably a whole HR unplugged on its own. We were just having conversations in the private chat on it. So maybe we come back and talk about it. Jen, what would you add? I would add, don't ask a question you don't want the answer to. Yeah, good point. 
I mean, sometimes we ask adult questions and then they give us a response and we get annoyed. Yeah. And my thing is, don't ask it. I, to your point, this isn't judgment. This is opportunity. They're telling us something. You can choose not to do it. That I'm detached. Just giving you the data. Let the data tell it. It's not personal. And we get a chance to go before our executives and our C-suites and hold them accountable. Accountability doesn't get less the higher you go. We are all 100% accountable for ourselves. And that's where that judgment-free zone comes in. This is an opportunity. This is what the data is saying. This is the story it's telling. Let me know what you want to do, and I'm happy to help. In Jenny's comment, yeah, it's hard to communicate the results and have the C-seat sway while they can leave. Great. Then my target for turnover is 80%. And we're just going to turn and burn it. And we're never going to have a consistent customer experience. And that's okay because that's how you want to run the business. That's the second and third order consequence of the decision. If you want to run at 80% turnover, we can do that. And here's the pros and here's the cons. And is that how you want to do it? It's okay. And to your point, now you've just crossed something off your list because you don't have to do exit interviews anymore. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Well, Anita, do you want to close this out with the three takeaways? I sure do. Now we're just getting, well, now we're just having fun. This is going to be great. Okay. <laughs> three takeaways today, everybody. Take care of yourself so you can show up for your team and do a great job. Please, 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 please take care of you. Partner with leaders to help them take charge of engaging their team. Give them ideas, share ideas with them on how they can be more engaging if they want to be engaging. If they don't want to be engaging and they want 80% turnover, don't spend any time with them. Save yourself. Boost employee morale with intentional check-ins. Intentional is the word of the day. And so do it if it aligns for you. Don't forget to say good morning. Don't forget to say good night. Ask the questions and honor what they share with you. If you do all of this, they're telling you something else, then that's not what honoring looks like. So be respectful, keep in that judgment-free zone. So thank you for joining us. Big thank you to my partners in crime here, Jennifer and Vanessa. Awesome session as always. So much love. Practice your hearts. We'll be back same time, October 17th, discussing how to take your company culture from good to great. So we're going to stay on this theme of engagement. Visit us at hrunplug.com. Please subscribe and please become a member of our HR Hero Slack channel where you'll never feel alone and there's always somebody in there to help you. So please subscribe, leave us a review. And please, if there's anything else you can share with us, do the survey at the end of this webinar. Stay on and give us some feedback because we love it. And we're going to listen to you and we're going to make changes because that's who we are. So thank you so much and have a super day. Appreciate y'all. Take care. Thanks for joining us for HR Unplugged. This series is brought to you by Bambu HR. Visit us at bambuhr.com slash HR dash unplugged for video versions of the podcast, additional resources, and to learn more about how Bambi HR sets people free to do great work.